Hey, you, you want to see something really scary? What's your favorite scary movie? I'm going to scare the hell out of you. What was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. They're coming to get you, Barbara. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk here. What's blood for, if not for shedding? Welcome to Fright Night. Welcome back to Jump Scare. I'm Betty. And I'm Chad. This week we're covering Buried Alive, 1990. This is a toxin. How does it work? The recipient has a cardiac arrest. Quick and clean. It's almost tasteless. You can you can put it in his food. You can put it in a drink. Whatever. I never knew murder could be so pure. It is my birthday month. Yay. Happy birthday month. <laughs> Celebrating all the days in the shortest month. How dare they? Okay. I got gypped. But alas, it is my birthday month and I was able to choose two films. Not that I don't get to choose films any other month, but <laughs> both of these films are films that I love from my childhood. And they're ones that this specific one, Buried Alive, is that movie that you're like, oh, you know, uh, what's that movie? You know, we're like the person in this one, obviously, you literally say what's the yeah. name of the movie in a description. But the person gets buried alive. But they get buried alive and like. Like, you know, the wife is, like, evil and, like, does, you know, poisons him and, and he comes back for revenge. What's or, the name of that movie? as Tubi would call a different movie, Buried Alive. We tried to watch this several times on Tubi a few years ago and it had the cover art for this movie and the description. But then when you started it, it was a completely different movie, also called Buried Alive. So they took that off of there now, but it's just hilarious when you go to watch a movie and it's a completely different thing. Who... Like at the time, obviously, this is 1990, so yeah. this was distributed by US, uh, the USA Network. Yeah, it said it first aired May 9th, 1990. And I miss uh, USA. Yeah, Loved they were watching for that. many, many years. They were, uh, you know, they did all the stuff. Like I used to watch the Commander USA up all night. Up all night. Or, I'm sorry, up all night with, uh, you know, what's his name? Gilbert, Gilbert Gottfried and... Uh, what was the girl? I don't remember the. I just remember Gilbert Goffrey. I was very young when yeah, I, I would sneak out when everyone was asleep just so I can play these. And this is when I saw the craziest fucking films in Up All Night. And this was. Yeah, USA I, had this. And they used to, of course, they used to do Night Flight. Did you ever get to see that? Yes, Night Flight, yes. I used to love I vaguely when they, remember that. When they first started with Night Flight. It, a lot of it would just be clips of movies and different things. You would see, like, they would show, like, three or four minutes of Fantastic Planet. And then they would show Cheech and Chong. It was just random, weird cult shit all night long, like, clips from movies. 
I saw clips from Day of the Dead on there. It was how I first saw that. I was like, what the? Because they didn't always tell you what it was. It just showed a clip of it. Sometimes they told you, sometimes they didn't. With the Day of the Dead, they didn't tell me what it was. It just came in where there's a scene where he's got the uh, zombie with like the, the head's completely gone. It's just a brain stem. Mm. I'm like, what the fuck is this movie? Uh, so, yeah, I missed that channel. Unbeknownst to me, obviously, because how was I going to remember that? This film is directed by the legendary, I'm going to say legendary, <laughs> Frank <Yeah>. Darabont. <laughs> yeah, this was his first movie. And... Uh, First feature length. He'd done some shorts, I think, but this is his first feature. The story is by David Davies and Mark Patrick Carducci. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to just throw all the things. And recognizable cast. You have the lovely Jason, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee um, as Joanna. Uh, the sexy, okay, Tim Matheson um, as her playing her husband, Clint. Who has been in everything at this point, including Johnny Quest. Hoyt Axton, who's Sam uh, Sheriff, who we all know him from. Grim Lunds. He's a dad. And William Atherton. Um, Well-known asshole. Played the <laughs> asshole in Ghostbusters, the asshole in Die Hard. Name a movie, he's probably played the asshole reporter, uh, you know, investigator, cop, somebody. He was an asshole in some movie. This is... Um, his name is Cortland. Yes. Okay, best fucking screen name ever. Cause you oh, it's always like a base John. You know, Mike. Yeah. Cortland is his name, and it suits him because I feel like Cortland is like a assholey kind of name. Yeah, that sounds like the kind of name that would be the professor that no one wants to take their class. Cortland. So, yeah, recognizable cast, and like I stated before, you know, you have the typical story of, you know, a husband and wife, they have to move out in the middle of nowhere. They're in Ohio, so no offense to Ohio. They're coming uh, people from... People in Ohio know what's wrong. <laughs> they're coming from the big city, New York City. Oh, well, yeah. And, you know, look... People are only going to leave New York City if, like, obviously if something terrible happens. <laughs> um, <laughs> or they've lived in New York for X amount of years, like a lot, like 10 plus years. They're tired of it. They've out, they're just, they just want quiet, you know? They don't want the rush, rush, like busy, like, you know, that don't, they don't want that life. They want to settle down. But a woman in her, I mean, it's, you know, in these old movies, she could have been fucking like 23 years old, but she looks like she's like 31. <laughs> um, no offense to Jennifer Jason Lee, She looks fantastic in the film. I'm just stating. I don't really know her age in the film. So we're just going to assume she's in her early 30s. Yeah. Okay. Um, a woman in her early 30s doesn't want to move to the fucking middle of nowhere with this dog that won't shut the fuck up. Look, I love animals. Okay. I don't like when they get hurt, even though in the films, even though I know that, well... Depending on when the film most was made, of the films. most of the films. This is fiction, you know. It's not gonna. Even then, it's it's a little much. Depending on how, like the last movie that we did, that was just too much. Um, but this fucking dog, okay, he is man's best friend. Like he is all about Clint. Like yeah, he he's a typical dog that when the guy dies, he goes and sits at the grave and everything. You know, he's he's in it. Like, yeah, this he was... escapes. Like how did he find his grave? Well, we'll get to that. She, the wife is bored she's tired she doesn't want to be there anymore so of course she's fucking another dude 
and they have come up with a fucking plan to kill the husband so then they could get because he has like a construction company to get the money and they're gonna go off to like LA to like start a life where they're like fucking doing plastic surgery yeah he's gonna open a special clinic up there because that was so big in the late 80s early 90s that you know everybody wanted to open up a plastic surgery clinic so he was a doctor so this is this is I've set I set the film now now let's start with so we go <laughs> we go right into it she doesn't want at first you know she's it's so like blatant that she's having an affair it's like oh, I'm gonna go into the city like for a few days and hang around with my girlfriends what you is know, the, the city ones you never see yeah what's the city in Ohio like is it Cleveland like is where where is she because they don't really state exactly where in Ohio they're at but she's gonna go into the city to the imaginary girlfriends and he's like it's okay he's a loving husband okay there's nothing wrong with this dude are there big cities in ohio he's amazing i I love him and it's not because it's tim matheson but you know he's great and he built the house for her this is this is the part that that kills me okay where i told shadow's like look you think of a man built a house for me okay and took care of me i didn't have to work i'm okay with being a housewife i'm taking care of the home and later on our possible children like our future children i'm not gonna be complaining and plotting ways to fucking murder you now like if you're a terrible husband you don't let me go out like i'm literally stuck like chained to the kitchen you know barefooted okay like then there's gonna be a problem but she's living the life but yet she's like ah i'm tired i need to kill this guy so at first she doesn't want to do it you know and (laughs) i love that scene he comes home from his fishing he goes fishing with the sheriff um, also another thing why complaining would, to the sheriff like I don't know you know I, I think there's something wrong she's just she seems so sad and upset then she goes to the city and comes back super happy <laughs> bro so that shopping bro can you not figure out what's going on here and it wasn't like because Joanna okay she is a fucking pro she went to the city had sex with the fucking dude okay came back we're gonna assume she took a shower off screen and when he comes home there she is waiting from upstairs like in a fucking robe ready to get it on and she has so she's just pleasuring everybody at this point and you know one day she's she's a pro but here's my thing she left the she left Cortland's house who by the way any man who has a fish tank at the top of his bed never trust him <laughs> i'm just telling you that right now I've known guys that have the fish tank at the top of the bed. They always care more about the fish than they do anyone else. So she comes back from Cortland. They've had sex, and he's wanted her to kill the husband with this you know, special poison he gives her. He takes from his puffer fish he has in the tank. She's like, no, I'm not going to do that or whatever. Comes home, has sex with the husband, and is like, you know what? I am going to kill him. No, first of all, that's not how it happened. You skipped. The sex was fine. She was happy. She was cutting vegetables. Then he's like, oh, I'm just going to work in his like tool room or whatever. And he goes and he's using like a buzzsaw or some shit, power tools. That's what drove her crazy. The fucking sound of those power tools. Let me tell you, I totally get it. Okay. But he's building you this house with those power tools. Excuse me. The house is already built at this time. We've already passed that. He's not doing an addition. He's making improvements to it at all times. He was not at fucking eight o'clock at night. I mean, yes, we There's have no, no neighbors. There's no one around there for fucking 40 miles. It doesn't matter. Maybe 
this is not the time to be doing the power tools. And you know what the worst part is? You're like, everyone's probably like, they've never seen this movie. It's like, oh, you know, she could have gone to another room. Mind you, she was cooking dinner. Uh, she could have gone to another room. Literally, it was like the room was right there. It was like the kitchen and then this fucking room. I'm like, why is this room so close to the kitchen? Why can't it be like he built the house? Why did he purposely build the fucking tool room? He just wanted her to go fucking tool crazy. Was in the basement, guy. It was not in the basement. Was it, was, it in the basement? Oh, it was in the basement. The basement needed to be away. It was too close. He left the door open. I mean, how much deeper did he need to dig that hole? Deeper. You only get to dig it. He was a so contractor. Deep. He could have made a basement ah. for the basement. A sub-basement? He could, what the hell do you boom. think this is? Uh, the fun house? Okay, yes, it is. No, you know what he could have done? Soundproof that room. That was fucking Curtis, courtesy, okay? He had no fucking courtesy. He's he not could the have, courtesy bear, okay? He could have soundproofed the room, and then his wife would have not fucking killed him. There you go, boom. It's why his fault. Did, why did he have to soundproof the room, okay? He built so the then house. his stupid-ass power tools don't fucking bother his woman. There is nowhere to go, okay? There's not a target nearby, okay? This is not... Like, there's nothing... There's nothing around. There's just this fucking barking dog, okay? This fucking sounder power tools. No one to even have a conversation with around. There's not even a blockbuster, okay? What the fuck, man? There's nothing to do. So you think she's not going to lose her mind at some point? Well, those are the only two constant noises. And I'm I'm just like her. I Something mean, that's repetitive. Just, let me just throw this out there. Be ashamed if she just ask him, Hey, babe, can you not do the power tools tonight? I feel like you could try that step before you murdered him. No. No, just straight to the murder? <laughs> no, you know why? Because she's going to have to anticipate the sound of the power tools another day. And knowing how, like, hardworking he was, it was going to be the next day. Okay? Well, she didn't want the sound of that anymore. She was done with it. So she's like, murder. Damn. Get a job. Get a hobby. I'm going to cut this things. fucking cucumber. And then I'm going to fucking put the poison in the fucking in the wine. And, of course, just like in fucking Princess Bride, you got the old switcheroo with the wine. And then she doesn't know. She doesn't want to drink the wine during dinner because she doesn't know, oh, shit, did I poison that one? Or is the poison one his? So they have to go through all of that. And, of course, you know, it ends up he dies a horrible death. I mean, like, she's to this point. She's She has such a migraine. Okay, she's in her bathrobe. She was trying to relax. She she just got banged twice in a day. How could a woman be mad? Okay. <laughs> she she tells him, die already, just die. Fucking yeah. savage. Yeah. And of course, you know, he's having like a you know, a seizure and going around doing all this. And <laughs> you think of course he dies, but you know, like the puffer fish, they usually they use that uh, venom for, like, voodoo rituals and stuff in all the movies. Whether it works in real life, we don't know. But they use it all and like, oh, we're going to paralyze you with it. So it makes him look like he's dead, but he's really not. He's just in a very deep coma. And what the cojones, okay, the balls that this woman had to have to murder her husband, okay, who was best friends with the sheriff. Like, the sheriff, like, took this kid in. When when he was younger and his parents died, okay, Clint, he took Clint in, the sheriff, and raised him. So this is like fam, bro. You know it's going to be major sus. Like, this man is in his 40s. He was, like, 42. 
he fucking just straight up died of a fucking heart attack and he had no previous condition. That's kind of weird. And then not only that, wife is not crying. She's still chopping fucking cucumbers, I think, at this point. Uh, she's still in the fucking kitchen. She's not she crying. She needs to make a lot of cucumber salad, apparently. The doctor from the city, okay, just happened to already be there. Before she even called the cops, she called the doctor. That's a sus number two. Yeah, and there's uh, Cortland. A.K.A. William Atherton, who you just see him and you're like, ah, this redheaded son of a bitch. <laughs> but yeah. And then I like how the uh, like the, the old country doctor's there and he's like, well, I'm just an old country doctor. So if the city doctor says he's dead and it was a heart attack, I'm just going to sign off on that too. We don't need to do an <laughs> autopsy or check anything. I'm sure it's all fine. Because it's not like this guy's a well-known murderer or anything. Another indication, okay, that she was a murderess. Funeral, no autopsy, okay? No, don't want to find out what happened to the husband. Don't need to confirm that. It's okay. He just died in natural causes. Wink. And then, well, this is actually, there is no wake. Just straight to the fucking grave. Straight just to the ground. Straight in the ground. Put him she in there. She just drove by and thrown him off the back of a truck into the hole if she could have got away with it. But she had to make a little bit of a pretense. And this gets the uh, mortician, or I was going to say the coroner, um really mad because the funeral director really mad where he comes in and he's just like oh they're not gonna even do a wake just get that cheap rotting casket that we have back there and just fix it up the fucking guy proceeds to this casket is just i mean it is terrible looking it's like a zombie's already come out of it once that's exactly what it fucking looks like it even has the old timey satin folded ruffled fucking lining okay inside that's how you know the casket is like mad old because they don't do that anymore um they used to make them real pretty inside for who knows why you're dead you're not gonna see that um so yeah that is happening he fucking he sanded down this is the thing oh the funeral and everything the funeral is in a couple of hours by the way yeah, it's going to be like this afternoon. They're going to do the funeral. Yeah. Yeah, like you said, it has holes. It's He just fills it with wood putty, then sands it, and then varnishes it to the most beautiful high shine you've ever seen in your life. I'm going to tell you right now, I call bullshit. Look, if he, if he had a day, I'd give him one whole day where he worked on this casket, it would have looked just as, it looked just as amazing as it did. When it was out there. There's no fucking way. You know how long it takes to sit. You know how long it took. I had to sand a chair. Okay. Yeah. It literally was just little skinny arms. And mind you there was ornate detail in the, the legs. But and I did this with like hand sanding. With like little fucking papers. And then like the machine. But you couldn't do too much in the machine. Because then you mess up like you know the ornate decoration. Let me tell you, that took a while, okay? It didn't take no fucking heat. It is a whole casket. So anyways, you have to see this casket, guys, because the transformation is just like, it should have its own fucking show. Like, yeah. <laughs> D-Y. Especially be the uh, casket restorer. What do you call it? The casket doctor? He just, casket comes in, doctor. he just comes into the funeral homes and shines up all the caskets and make them look great. For no, They're like, oh, that's great. Now we can charge an extra five grand for that. And they did. They sold her. They, The casket was, it should have been free. Because, you know, but that shit was a fucking blessing in disguise because it is 1990, 
and let's just assume maybe it's 89 or 90 in in the film um there's no old-timey like fucking bell okay they they don't do that anymore (laughs) so and i think they actually should they should they should probably still maintain the whole bell thing i wonder you know if that if that can you like have that installed maybe if you had like that in your will but anyways so they didn't have the bells which back in the day yep you had the bell going from the you know had the little string you could pull to ring the bell to let them know that you were alive because you know back in the day sometimes they got in a hurry and maybe you slowed down and weren't moving for a little bit and they just assumed you were dead <laughs> you had bad gas and you were just in the same what was that no, movie was... That, that million ways to die in the west where he's like well how'd you expect doc he had a splinter you couldn't save him yeah so yeah, back in the day yeah you like I said, you laid down and were still for too long. You were going in the fucking ground. Oh my god! I oh, can't you know with true. you. It was a bit, much bigger deal to be buried alive back then because it's like, how oh, this happened three, four times a year. Some poor bastard. Yeah, there might be like a premature burial, which it's like, how many times though did that happen? For them to be like, you know what? Maybe Enough we that should they put a bell in. Apparently, well, no, that's what the that's like when you go to the damn storage place and you want to get a storage and you like reading like all the things you can't do in the storage and you're like, you can't have a barbecue, you can't live in here, you can't have a sleepover. And you're like, um, what? Someone did these shit, these things. That's why this shit isn't here. That is wild. Um, if that wasn't, if that casket was one of those, like, brand new off the fucking conveyor belt fucking caskets, Tim Matheson would have not been able to fucking escape. No. Okay, he pulled a fucking... Before... What's her face did it? Well, before a lot of people did it, but I always think about Kill Bill. Um, <clears throat> before Uma Thurman gets out the fucking casket, Tim Matheson does, and it is raining. The dog, who... How did the dog... It's not like the cemetery was, like fucking you know right there next door to the house the dog just and all the damn tombstones like he knew boom this is where my fucking so he's just sitting there waiting for him to come out and of course because it's raining so hard you get the nice soft wet ground that he can crawl his way up through convenient perfectly round hole i always love when they you know in movies when they dig up a dig a hole like that it's always perfectly round or perfectly square it's never rough on the edges it's like man they took a lot of time and paid attention to detail when they were in a hurry yeah so he crawls out of the hole and you know this has to be done for several different reasons one the dramatics right the visuals two what's going to happen when you have a fucking man that just crawled out of a hole and it's raining He's going to leave muddy tracks, yeah. which will fucking frighten anyone, especially yeah. someone that just murdered somebody. <laughs> That's the last thing they want to fucking see. Muddy footprints coming into the kitchen <laughs> to pay him a visit. They don't want to see muddy footprints. No. I always wanted to know if this was like maybe um, a story that was made for like one of those like TV shows like Twilight Zone or like creep you know um tales from the crypt because it's 100 percent has that feel of yeah. those stories just longer obviously it might have been something that they pitched to that and then you know they needed to expand it when it went to a movie so they added some more stuff and you know i i, I love that's one of the things i love about it i love that it does feel like i'm watching one of like i feel like the story's that good like i'm very entertained but is it one of those like nostalgia things where like someone i would show this film to someone else and it's like this fucking movie's terrible (laughs) 
it's hard to tell for me because I saw it back when it aired too, and I remember I liked it a lot. They did a sequel to it several years later. That's the same kind of basically the same story all over again. It's just uh, a couple getting uh, you know buried alive in their house again. Which yeah, I guess they were like, well, it worked the first time, but it's weird. Those weird sequels that waited like seven years to do it. Yeah, that's a weird fucking sequel. Also, I guess they were like, ah, oh, it happened with the Evil Dead, so maybe we could just pull this off. Yeah. But it, you know, I don't, I, I, I never even heard about this sequel until you told me about it the other day when after we watched the film. I vaguely remember watching it because I turned by and I thought it was the original because I saw Tim Matheson has a small like cameo in it. And I saw it and I was like, oh, this is on. Then it was something different. I'm like, oh, they made a sequel. It's kind of one of those name-only sequels, you know. They could have called it something else and it would have been, this, no one would have known the difference. Yeah. How grateful are you when you, okay, let's say you wake up in the casket, right? First thought, what the fuck, right? Like, you're horrified. So Then you try to get out. Then you're like, oh, shit, this shit is breaking Kind of easily. Now, he's a contractor, so he knows how what it takes to fucking build stuff and, like, you know, materials. And he's like, this bitch not only fucking kill me, but put me in this cheap-ass casket, right? So then you mad? Like, you're horrified? You're mad, but you're also grateful. Exactly. You're ready to get out. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's a fucking, like, literally, he comes out, you know, he's reborn, so to speak, you know, out of the thing. So many emotions are running through his fucking body, you know, because this experience, like, I would be fucking pissed off, but then I was like, oh, okay, well, this kind of worked out in my favor, because if it was the other way, I would be totally dead. Um, arrives home, and this bitch is, of course, having sex with Cortland. (laughs) Yeah, so he comes in, sees it, and is like, oh, shit. And he just goes and kind of cleans up and hides out in the basement for a little while. I love the scene where he just, he, you know, his hands are all cut up from coming out of the coffin. He just fills the sink with peroxide and just dumps his hands down in. It's like, oh, God. That's one of those things you can feel more. I felt that scene more than I feel people getting hit with a chainsaw. Yeah. You know, because I've never been hit with a chainsaw. But you know how it feels to I get... know how it feels when you've got a bad cut and you have to clean it out with peroxide or alcohol or something like that. You know how bad that hurts. And when you might have like a dozen cuts all over your hands as deep as they were, yeah, that had to suck. Yeah, that sucks big time. I, and he has like the fucking towel in his mouth or whatever. Yeah, so he doesn't scream and wake up the uh, murdering people upstairs. Now, I think, I think they were like in the adjoining room because it was like the master bath. This is the thing that kills me. She was sleeping because the guy wasn't there. He left. Cortland left. It was just her. She never fucking hurt anything. Like, I would have felt a presence. You ever, like, have your eyes closed and, like, you can feel when someone, like, you, you didn't hear shit. But she you had can sex, f- like, nine times in two days. She's so relaxed. She doesn't hear anything. I'm dead. And she also kills her husband. So she's, uh, the, there was a lot of, you know, fight or flight, endorphins, like, all that. She was just like, ooh, I can just relax now. He's dead. He surely ain't coming back. <laughs> now I'm going to be a millionaire. Yeah, I'm going to sell this business for one and a half million dollars and, uh, all the house and everything. I'm going to get super rich off this. What I really enjoyed about the film is like how clever it was. Of course, obviously they set up, you know, he's a contractor. He knows, you know, obviously he built his house. So he knows it like the back of his hand. And then the biggest fucking foreshadowing um, clue is when they're before, um, before 
she leaves the first time um, and goes to like see Cortland. Uh, they get into an argument because she's like, I want to move back to the city. Like it's boring here or whatever. And she says, this is, this house is one big maze and I'm the rat. And that shit comes back to haunt her because Tim Matheson, after everything he's been through, he's like, you know what, bitch, you are going to become a fucking rat. I don't know how he did it. But yeah, he fucking built a maze in his own home. Yeah. While both of them were locked in the basement. He gets them both in the basement. They don't know what the fuck is going on. They don't know who's doing this. I love the line that the Cortland guy has. <laughs> he goes to put his head out through the basement window to try and get out. And the dog barks at him. He's like, oh, we've got Cujo outside and we got Jason upstairs. What the hell is going on up here? Oh, yeah. It's great. And just... In all things, when there's a lot of money involved and there's two people that really, they both know that they're untrustworthy and yeah. that they're both pieces of shit because look what, look what she's done to her husband. Look what he's done. Like, okay, fine. He's not as guilty as the wife, but he associated with her. You know, But so he's 100% coming to kill her and take all the money. For sure. That's why he asked for her to get it all in cash because he plans to take it and just go. Because you hear him in his apartment. He's being evicted from his apartment. He just takes a bag of his shit and leaves. Yeah, because and if she put if they put that shit in her bank, he's not married to her. Yeah, he doesn't have any legal right to her anything. So in her he's got a bank. new vial of the a new syringe rather of the uh, puffer fish of him, and he's coming for her. He's going to give it to her and kill her, and then head out for parts unknown. And uh, she figures this out pretty quick when she finds a syringe there. He's like, "Oh shit, he was going to kill me too." Because she does the great scene where she's like, oh, you said the money didn't matter to you earlier and that you would burn it if I asked you to. So let's burn the money. He's like, oh, wait, 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 wait. Let's not get crazy now. Let's not get crazy now. I mean, I talked about, I I said I would burn the money. That's enough, right? All I need to do is say it. Wink. Yeah. That's when they start turning on each other. Yeah. Once they turn on each other, forget about it. Because if you can't work as a team, your wife ain't getting out of anything. Yeah. So they finally open the door and let them upstairs. And that's when things get real saw heavy up there because he has turned the place into a maze. Not only is it a maze, it walls are removed. They retract. I mean, it's fucking genius. It is just freaking magical. It reminded me of that segment of the Tales from the Crypt movie from the 70s where the blind people all build the maze. For the uh, the guys that were treating them so bad at the uh, the facility where they were at, oh, the retirement home. Yeah, they like it's all the blind people, and they build like the maze covered in razor blades, and turn the guy loose in it, and then turn the lights out and turn him loose in it. It kind of reminded me of that a little bit. Yeah, you know, and Jennifer Jason Lee, man, what an extraordinary actress! Like, I I just love her. You know, she she does have range but for a while there she was always like the crazy lady and but she plays it so fucking well she plays it so well because she's a little unhinged i mean she's very unhinged obviously you know she's a murderess and i think she looks good when she's doing it though yeah she does play a good crazy person she does man she's fantastic everyone does pretty i'm good in the movie i think besides the fact that the screenplay is pretty decent, you know, it's not hokey. Um, and obviously you have, you know, Frank Darabont 
you know, at the beginnings of his career, like you could see, you know, the magic. Yeah. You know. And the, um, by the way, we forgot to mention it. The one guy who uh, you mentioned, the Mark Carducci, he's the guy who wrote the story and screenplay for Pumpkinhead. So that guy has a, which had come out like the year before. I think it came out in 88 or 89. I think it might have been 89. Yeah, so you know that guy knows what he's doing. Um, and I love the uh, I love the scene in it where he's like, oh, you don't like, uh, what was it, you don't like the saw or whatever? Oh, I'm so sorry. And he's like talking to the painting, like the picture of her and him in the hallway, and he just cuts right down the middle of it with the chainsaw. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, at that point, nobody's getting out of here alive. It's it's a great scene where he's just got them all trapped up there in the, you know, walking around in the house, and they get more and more freaked out, and then he eventually separates them. And I don't remember what it is that, oh, he steps out and he's got the, uh, He's got like the uh, like the Welders. leather apron on and the welder's hat and everything. And the William Atherton is Cortland. He runs and trips and injects himself with the syringe. Idiot. Which I always love how the people in movies can somehow manage to fall on a syringe and push the plunger all the way in. Don't you put a safety cap on that thing? No, like, no. So yeah, then he gets knocked out by the, the same process. So you know when he goes in the ground, it's going to be rough, too. Yeah, it was the reveal of Tim Matheson that made him be like, oh, shit, and that's why he fucking ran, because he was like, oh, this isn't good. This guy's not dead after all. Um, Yeah, it's just great, and he really gets Jennifer Jason Lee because, you know, he has been changing the, you know, the, the walls have been retracting and whatnot and, like, blocking off certain areas and making her go just like when you look down on the rat maze you know you can move the little the walls you know yeah. up and like put them in different positions and like lead them where you want them to go and of course he's leading her to a coffin yeah which is classic because she has to get in her hands and knees so rat 100 percent at this point hands and knees and then she just crawls right into her resting place and he just tosses in the boyfriend behind her and this is the only part that annoyed both of us a lot in this movie. Oh my! I I fucking pissed. Oh, it, it, the the film, the ending of the film has a flaw for, yeah. for me. Besides this, because why would you go to all this trouble of murdering them? You see this whole big suitcase full of money that's untraceable. You've got all this cash, and you just dump all the money in with them and bury them alive. I get the whole like justice of like, hi, you wanted the money, you got it, but I buried you alive with it. Can I get you? it. Throw a couple hundred bucks on top of it and leave it there like that. Here's your money. You wanted it, you got it. But it was a million and a half dollars in cash. That'll start you a pretty good life somewhere. And now he's been declared dead. So that's what I was that's what I was getting to. He's declared dead, so he can't even come back because how's he gonna prove that the wife killed him, but wait, where's the wife? But wait, why did she do it? How did she do it? He doesn't know. He doesn't know anything about the puffer fish thing. He doesn't know yeah. that he was poisoned. He has no fucking details, okay? And obviously, he murdered his wife, so he guilty. He comes back and it's going to be real suspicious. When felony, felony, felony. Yeah, like, he's going to be in a lot of trouble. So now he's going to go like hide out on. The, he's going to have to live like homeless off the grid somewhere. He's going to be Roddy Piper, and they live now just bouncing yes. around. He has no social security number. He has no license. Okay. Yeah, he can't do anything. He has no money. 
Okay, he's driving around a fucking flatbed truck. Who's going to pay for this gas? Mind you, yes, it's 1990, so the gas isn't fucking $4 a gallon. But if you have no money, though, how are you going to pay for that dollar, dollar fucking yeah, gas? A dollar a gallon still a dollar a gallon when, you know, minimum wage was like three twenty-five then. So he's going to have to go get a minimum wage job somewhere and start over at like 35 Maybe we're still in that range of years where like in 1990 you could disappear off like that and just like pick up a job at like some like desolate area like at a gas station and not need like you you have your paper license you know what i mean that you have printed out you know yeah. well, it would have been hard because <laughs> even back then you had to have a birth certificate to get a license a birth certificate and a social security card to get a license so he's gonna have to get forgeries. It's gonna be a rough life for this guy to he's, start over. He's probably just gonna have to. I don't know. Like I said he's gonna be Roddy Piper. He's gonna have to do one of those like jobs that people don't want to do that they don't question you though. They're just like, oh whatever. Yeah, he's Maybe. gonna be like a day laborer, just standing on the corner. They pick you up, exactly. and take you to the house, and do work. Roddy Piper. Yep. Exactly. That's exactly what he's going to be. He's going to become Ruddy Piper just running around and he's going to run into the they live people and it's going to be rough for him. Don't, don't fucking wear the sunglasses, uh, Matheson. Yeah, it's going to be bad times. It's going to be bad times. Yeah, that's the only part of the movie that really annoyed me is like, keep the money. Like I said, throw a couple hundred dollars in on top of them to he just be... But part of me though... I feel like he did keep the money. He kept some of the money. Because we don't really see... Now, mind you, we see that... And this is the other thing that also is like... Okay, the continuity. There has to be a missing thing. We saw... Wasn't there like a... Did we watch Director's Cut? Or just like regular... It's just a regular movie. We... Well, so... The scene where they show Jennifer Jason Lee again... And she's like screaming at the top of her lungs, right? With the guy, Cortland, on top of her... There's money there, but we never see him put the money in. Yeah. Because when he, when she gets in, there's no money. When yeah. he drops Cortland in, he just drops her in, and there's no money. The money apparently appears after the fact, off screen. Well, he had like a little slot where he was talking to her through the, you know, through the you know, hole in the top of the coffin he was talking to her. So he could have pushed it in there. But that'd be a lot to push a million dollars in there. So maybe he did just push a little bit of money in there so she would see it and be like... Yeah, I'm going to the grave with this money. That's a lot, maybe. Because maybe he pushed, like I said, he did what I said and threw a couple hundred dollars in there just to be pissy and was like, here you go. Yeah, who knows? But hopefully he didn't because there's, it's not plot, like, it's not believable that he went off on his truck with his dog. Who's feeding his dog? Like, hello? What is he, is he going to live on Alpo? Like, uh, what is it, Alpo? Yeah. Um, maybe that's what he's going to eat for dinner. Could um, be. Clint and the dog, they're going to share a can because this is what <laughs> this is what he's doing. <laughs> he has the fucking the hobo stick with the... Yeah, he's going down the road just playing the thing for the Incredible Hulk is playing Lonely Man. He's got a dog walking with him. <laughs> Best dog ever. Yep. Okay. Best dog in a movie goes to whatever the fuck the name of this dog is. I don't even remember the name. Yeah, I don't know if they even said it or not. His name is Dog. Ah. Um... I, yeah, I, I don't. The dog had, did have a name. I just don't remember what the name is because she was screaming his fucking name when his stupid dog was kept barking and barking. Which, to be fair, is annoying. It no, it was annoying, but it was raining. He was outside in this big cage. Like it's cold and it's raining. Let the dog in. That's so cruel. And then she goes out there with a shotgun to shoot him at one point. Oh yeah. Even the even the murdering doctor is like, ah, this seems over the line to me. Yeah, it's crazy. She, she fires and, of course, manages to, with a pellet shotgun, blow a master lock off of the cage, which I love how they always show that. That's not a thing that happens. That would just went through the fence and killed the dog. Oh, my gosh. But, you know, movie magic. 
<sighs> yeah, well, it didn't obviously it didn't bother uh, Cortland too much because they went back inside and they shot like rabbits. So yeah, so it's uh, he was only mildly annoyed by it. He's like dog violence gets me hot. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I always think about student bodies. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> parades get me hot. Um, I just love that film. But yeah, that's my first pick for the month. Beard Alive. I don't even know. We we watched the uh the Kino Lorber Blu-ray. I don't think it's on any streaming services anywhere right now. It should be. It needs to be. I give it a ooh, two and a half syringes. Because of the syringe with the pufferfish poison. I got it, but only two and a half? I know, but you see, it's not that I... I don't even want to give it a rating. Let me take back that rating. Oh, were there any jump scares? There, I think there's one. Uh, yeah, there might be one. I'm not sure. No, it doesn't Yes, really... when he appears at the window um, and scares the fuck out of her. Yeah, that's about the only one I can think of. Yeah, he's not on any streaming services. Um... I don't want to get because two and a half knives seems like it's not a good movie, but I feel like to give it three knives is like, you know, our my rating for the films are just not good. <laughs> because for me, three knives, there's a lot of things that go into the three knives. Do I love the film? Is it the best horror film I've ever seen or like on the top, you know, 100 films? There's, you know, or is it just nostalgia? There's a lot. So I want to be kind of fair. So I'm going to give it two knives and 98 stabs. <laughs> okay. I'm just Close go to with, three. I was just going to give it a three knives myself. I know, but then you made it so complicated for me. You have to make me explain my, my knifeage. Okay. My knifeage. Fine, three knives. Fine, whatever. It was a great film. Three knives. <laughs> for a made for TV movie, it's definitely three knives. Yes. There you go. We'll, there. we'll say it. And you because I love it. it. Well, thank you so much for joining us in another episode of Jump Scare, the horror podcast. Stay tuned to the horror. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.